Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey everybody, Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice podcast, and today we have a very special guest, uh, the chiropractic philanthropist, uh, Dr. Ed Osborne. Welcome to the show here. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Uh, so you have a lot going on. Uh, the chiropractic philanthropist uh, went through your, your website. We'll mention that again in the future. You have a, the Laptop Lifestyle Academy and also the Men of Iron Brotherhood. Um, before we dive into what each one of those means and how they started, Ed, could you talk about how you became a chiropractor? Because I know you have a, a bit of a, a non-traditional route to uh, the clinic. Um, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's interesting whenever... I hear someone who's a chiropractor tell their origin story, you know, the, how they became a chiropractor. They always have these like incredible epiphanies or ahas or these moments of the, um, I just don't have that, that incredible story. I, I got into chiropractic because of a girl, just to be honest, <laughs> you know, um, I was dating, um, you know, someone who like a woman who wanted to be a chiropractor and she was from a family of chiropractors and I supported her and, I'm being in Canada, moved down to the States so she could get into chiropractic college, a specific one down there. Only way I could, could stay in the States was to actually get a degree. So go to school, get a visa, student visa. So I did my undergrad and uh, I graduated pretty quickly um, from my undergrad because I had nothing. And that was like, I was in, I was 27, 28 at the time and jumped right into chiropractic college from there and followed her through it. Um, you know, six years later, here I, you know, here I was and moved back to Canada and up into Alberta and yeah, started a practice from there. Great. Uh, where were you at in the state, San Francisco? Did I remember Yeah, we did. Right? We were in the Bay Area. She was, she was like in, like, there's two schools. I think they closed that school now, which was Palmer West. And then we, um, and then I was at Life West and Life West is still a dominant school up in the Bay Area. Okay, great. So you became a, a chiropractor, non-traditional route, a little bit later in life, but yeah. still with plenty of ro- uh, runway in front of you. You you moved back to uh, Calgary, yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton, and um, and you, you set up a clinic, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you did that till two thousand nine or something like that. Like fourteen, so, um, I practiced for about 13, 14 years. Yeah, awesome, yeah. and um, with any, did you have like the biggest learning point or anything like that? Did you have a failure there or a, a, that epiphany type moment as a uh, chiropractor in the clinic that sets you up for your success and what you're doing now, helping other chiropractors? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there was anything particularly inside of, I mean, cause what I do now is so different than what I did then in, in practice. Um, but, you know, I struggled the first few years. Like I thought I knew everything. Maybe that's what all, like a lot of students think they know everything when they come out of school, right? They know it all, right? I was one of those. So I really struggled the first two or three years in practice. You know, how do I, you know, you know, we're not, we're not really like the traditional dentist or, or medical doctor who just, you know, turn the, put the open sign on and, and people walk in. So, you know, as chiropractors, we have to build a practice. We have to build a a patient base. 
And I struggled with that. It was difficult. And I didn't really know how to communicate, which was a, was a really big piece and how to attract people and how to retain them and all of those you know, systems and how to run a practice. So I, I eventually hired a coach. I was just so desperate, hired a coach, you know, a management coach. Um, he really helped, you know, and there was, I would definitely do things a little differently, you know, in retrospect, but I think a lot of people, if they're in practice and, you know, they might look back and do, do things differently now, but yeah, that was, that was about, um, you know, that was about it is like the struggle inside of starting a practice and building a practice out to the transition of like, okay, how do I actually run this thing? You know, the business part of chiropractic, I knew the, I knew the clinical piece, I had that down. And, um, and then of course, you know, 14 years, 13 years in, I, I hit, hit a wall. I just, yeah, I couldn't do it anymore. And that's, that's kind of my pivotal story, I guess you could say. Yeah. That so um, just to summarize what I heard you say is, what most of us do is we go, we get a degree, we have a license, and then we assume that because we have that license, the degree hanging on the wall, that we know everything there is to know about growing and scaling a business. Yeah. We get knocked around a little bit. You had success. You're growing your practice. Then 2009 hit, and I think you had Crohn's disease. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, do you want me to expand a little bit on that? Oh, please it, do. Yes. It's a crazy story. Okay. So um, I thought I was a super healthy person. I was like 39, 38, 39 years of age, um, you know, running a healthcare clinic essentially. And I was running marathons to train for ultra marathons, like hundred mile races, 50 mile races. And uh, I was just so tired. I was like, oh, you're burned out or you're just fatigued or it's your adrenals or whatever. And, but it was like, I would literally go for a training run, come back and I couldn't couldn't even walk to the bathroom. I just, I crawl to the bathroom and um, that, that would last for a day or two. And so of course I went to my GP and they started doing the tests. They found my, I was super anemic, like borderline um, infusion. And my, my iron was so low and um, hemoglobin was so low. So, you know, it took about six months. They, you know, long story short, they did a lot of different tests. Finally, they just go, you know what, we need, we're going to do a scope. They did a scope. They just said, you know what, this is one of the worst cases that we've ever seen of Crohn's disease in our life. Um, that's what my GP or sorry, my specialist said. And uh, I was, I just remember waking up after that test and going, this is bad. And that, that, that pivotal moment changed my life. Like that, that was like the big aha things had to change. So yeah, it was weird. Yep. So you, you go through treatment and what, what had, like, when did you make the pivot, uh, from clinician to, uh, what you're doing now, yeah. what happened there? So I, I, I did probably with the same thing. A lot of people would do when they're diagnosed with a severe chronic illness, you know, as a, I spent a good six months to a year trying to do everything naturally to heal my body. Right. And finally, I started taking some of the milder drugs they were prescribing. It would, you know, it was a little bit late by that time. Eventually, I had to have emergency surgery. I had a stricture. So they, they removed pretty much all of my, my bowel, my colon. Um, I think I got like maybe three or inches, inches left, which makes life in, you know, definitely adds a, a, a certain level of complication to my life, right? How do I operate inside of a practice? How do I operate? <laughs> in business, right? When you don't have a colon anymore. And, um, 
So what I was sitting there like for three months, I couldn't do anything. So, so Chad, what I did was I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to start a podcast. <laughs> and so when was this? Like, have you ever heard of John Lee Dumas? I, I did. Uh, Entrepreneur on Fire. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, I talked with him early on, like 2014, something like that. Oh, but wow. uh, yeah, I, I heard you mention that and I had that written down on my notes here to ask you about that. But uh, yeah, how'd you cross paths with uh, John Lee Dumas? It was crazy. I was just like, I don't know how it happened. I never listened to podcasts before, but his podcast was the one I started listening to, which was Entrepreneur on Fire. It's still a great podcast. He is a content monster. Like I still think he, he, he creates one pot, like puts one episode out every day. Thank you. Like right. I can't, yeah, I can't even imagine. And I was listening it, and there were two things came to me when I was listening. I'm like, man, this is really good. And then the other piece was like, I think I could do this. Like, <laughs> you know, like I think, I think um, if I, if, if he can do this, I can do this. And he was selling a program called podcasters paradise or something at the time. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of money for me. And it was like 1200 bucks or something I invested. And I just dove in. I just, I'm like, I was all in. I just did the program and I was like, okay, I'm going to make this work. And uh, I think I interviewed like 30 of the, you know, people who are in the profession, like 30 episodes to begin with and put it out there. And this is back in the day when, you know, podcasting was a little bit more complicated to create at the time. It's a lot more simple now. Um, but also we've planted our flag. I have a lot of subscribers now. I mean, we're talking like almost 10 years. So um, yeah, so that John's program was pivotal. I even, I think I was in his, his, uh, what was it called? It was entre like something on fire. Like he, 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 I literally got a call with him. Like it was like once 15 minute call with him, like every month or something. <laughs> for a few months. It was crazy. But uh, yeah, that was that was the start of the podcast. That was like, just the thought of like, I want to give back to the profession. And I think to this day, like we're still up there in terms of if not the most downloaded podcast in the profession. Um, you know, we only have like 60,000 people in the profession. And we're up, we're up, in the, we're up there like 800,000 listens. That's so great. Yeah, yeah, we're up there. Yeah. Good for you. So um you did that you started creating podcasts it sounds like uh, you had an initial batch there of 30 or so you put that out into the universe and then ultimately you're helping other chiropractors right now to create valuable content as well when did that transition take place um and and you started uh down that path well it was it was an interesting it's funny how like everything just the universe just pulls you through everything right so i was doing all these interviews with chiropractors and you know i i had the opportunity to interview some really cool people like jack canfield and this was back in the day when you could get these people like on on interviews and um you know dr jaron gray and oh my gosh it was crazy um and so doctors i would like get off a call like stop recording they would go you know i would I would love to know how you could do, how do you, how do you do a podcast? Like, how do you do this? How do you scale it to make it so easy? How can I make this part of like, you know, building my um, authority inside of my practice. And so I'm like, after about three or four people asked, I'm like, well, I should, I should create a, a course for this. So I created a, a course called TCP podcast training. Um, it was not the first online course I'd ever created. The first one I created was a horrible failure. And then this one just took off. We did like, you know, a big number, multiple, multiple five figures in sales in like three days. 
And then it just became known as like this really concise, precise system that I had used like to get all these really, you know, these heavy influencers on my podcast. And then also how to use a podcast to grow your practice. That was the real unique selling proposition of it. And it's still, we still have that. It's a solid program today. Um, and then <laughs> to answer your question, then doctors started asking me, they're going, well, okay. So like, how do you, how do you actually create a course and, and, you know, promote it, sell it and market it then. And I had some, some success with that now. So I started teaching doctors how to create courses online, how to do, um, uh, profitable continuity, uh, or membership programs. And then also one-on-one -on -one consulting coaching. And of course the pandemic hit later on and it was very, uh, fortuitous for us, you know, being able to already have planted our flag in that space. And, uh, when everything kind of got shut down for a, a bit of time. Mm -hmm. So, a uh, couple questions just to, um, further understand, <laughs> um, where you're at there. So you were helping other chiropractors and other doctors um, create their own content. Was this primarily, so this is like me as a clinician in central Pennsylvania, I have a podcast here for just central Pennsylvania, or is this mainly for uh, B2B? Uh, do you know what I mean? Is it, yeah. is it B2C or B2B? We, we had both. So we had some doctors who wanted to do similar to what I was doing and connect with other people in our profession. And then we had um, some doctors that just wanted to become like they would use their podcast to, to build their authority inside, like their influence and authority around their, in their community. So one of the things we used as a strategy was to create your podcast for your clinic, and then also start interviewing other people of authority, especially healthcare providers inside of your community. It was kind of like, um, you know, like a, you know, community um, business association without having to go to the meetings, right? And hand out your business cards. People felt like when you're interviewing someone inside of your town, like maybe the local fitness professional who's got the big gym, it's, it's a very big accolade for them, right? They felt like, oh, wow, this is, you're doing me this great favor. And it built, it, it was like essentially the podcast and maybe you've experienced this. The podcast was the key to unlocking those doors that most of us can't get through. So like, if you want to talk to the local dentist, if you want to talk to the local pediatrician and build a referral relationship, you could do that now because you have the tool of, of, of interviewing them and you're essentially promoting them as well. Love it. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, we've done workshops, like lectures, webinars type with uh, other referral sources, I'd never once thought about use, using the podcast as a tool. So love that idea. <laughs> um, the, so um, in, in one of the interviews that I listened to, another episode that you had done, uh, you talked about the time for money trap, you know, where most of us as clinicians, when we first start out, we're either an employee trading time for money for somebody else, or we're self-employed trading time for money on our own accord, treating 40 to 80 hours a week, sometimes yeah. more. Um, when you start working with an owner that wants to get out of that, how do you create awareness there? How do you help them take the first step uh, to getting out of patient care? Because I know it, it can be pretty traumatic for most of us to go through in the very beginning uh, for multiple reasons, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, in the broader concept of how 
how I recommend doctors or I, I, I see doctors. Well, let me, let me back up. There's usually two types of doctors we work with. Ones who are exiting practice. They want to do online full-time, become virtual. And then, and then we have doctors who want to scale their, their business and themselves essentially, right? Because most of us as health pro providers, we have, a, we have the option to, um, to scale horizontally, right? Create more clinics. So I had a client who had four or five clinics and they just came to me and they're like, you know what? I'm max, man. I, I don't want to hire more people or get more space. Like this is, this is not going to happen. So what we, what we're doing essentially is we're scaling practices vertically, meaning like using online programs, products, services, digital assets, essentially, or coaching consulting. And so if a doc comes to me and they are, many of them already have a product or an idea or vision. So we just help them get focused. And then we help them also with a strategy on how they can create like brand, create, get traffic, make sales. So a, a system to sell that we call those funnels. And then also how to convert those sales and deliver the product. Um, usually we recommend doctors are doing something that's subscription based so they can have some sort of recurring revenue that's coming in for them as well. I mean, every doc has like some sort of, you know, every, actually not just doctor, everyone has some sort of expertise they can teach online. At least that's my, my belief. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, the, when a clinician is creating content, most of the time, the, the first thing that gets in the way is, well, I don't have anything unique or I don't have anything uh, smart, intelligent, viral to say, where do I get started? How do you help them through that? Well, I have to be very careful when, when I meet someone like that, because they may not always be appropriate for even our program or for going online. I used to say this is for everyone, but I don't think it is actually for everyone. You have to really be a creator. You have to be a producer, someone who, a vision. So we have what, for the first two weeks, if it's someone who we meet, and they're, they have an idea, like it all starts with an idea, but we help them get clarity around the idea. So we spend a good two weeks going through what we call like a clarity process, which is just really looking at, you know, like how would they want, if they could, you know, ideally build an online business that serves their highest values and can actually support the most people and still be profitable and scale their, their you know, efforts, how could we do that? And that's like the first it's like a 30 page process that we, you know, document that we put people through. And um, that would be the first step. Then we start getting into how do we actually build this thing? Okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah I know that self-limiting belief is pretty devastating for many yes. that, that I have nothing unique to say. Um, the one, uh, a clarity question on online when you're talking about moving the business online, is that primarily going from like a bricks and mortar treatment model to, um, yeah, serving people online with online content and online education? Um, is that is that what you mean when you're saying online? Great question, you know, and and I hear this question all the time. It's people like, how do how do I adjust people online, or how do I, you know, treat treat quote unquote treat people online? Every I'll just give you some examples of what people are doing in the programs. Um, so we have people who are doing detox challenges um, that run into a detox uh, program. We have fasting, uh, like we have a client who's just killing it and doing a fasting solution. His podcast, by the way, they've just reached 2 million listens. So they used our course to create their podcast, which is where they get their traffic for their challenges. They run a three-day challenge every six weeks and it's just crushing. Um, you know, we have doc a doctor who works specifically with shoulder problems. 
and that's their entire program. Um, I mean, you think like you imagine what you could do to help someone, you know, in a virtual perspective, like online. I mean, you can create anything really, if you think about it, if it's hands off, especially, but the beautiful thing is like over the last two years, everyone knows what zoom is. Like if we were having this discussion two years ago and trying to record something or doing like everyone knows your grandmother, your children, they're all used to using, you know, this technology that we've become so accustomed to now. So it's easier to do this now than it ever has before. And um, docs are more open to it, I think, for that reason. Yeah, yeah completely agree with you. I, I was doing online treatments uh, via Skype back in 2013. Oh. That, was an, that was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, half of it was IT support the, the wow. time, just for the other person to, uh, yeah, but it all worked out. Hey, podcast listeners, when we make assumptions about others, it's just not fair. In spite of that, I'm going to make an assumption about you. You have a growth mindset. You want to help more people, leave a bigger impact, build a better practice. Am I close? If I'm right, then I have a unique offer that I think you'll be interested in. But first, if you're a regular listener, you probably know that this is brought to you by Breakthrough, the leading platform for private practice growth. Breakthrough's mission is to help people in pain get back to normal, live healthier, and do it naturally. The best way to do this is by empowering private practice owners like you to grow your business through direct-to-consumer marketing. If you're a practice owner with a growth mindset, you'd benefit from a risk-free consultation with a breakthrough growth expert. Go to getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer to take advantage of this unique opportunity. On that call, you'll learn the key principles of how practice owners are helping more people, creating a bigger impact, and building better businesses with Breakthrough Systems. As an added bonus, the team at Breakthrough is giving a $50 Amazon gift card to any of the podcast listeners who attend this growth consultation. Sign up for your growth consultation and $50 gift card at getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Again, that's getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. So you talked about funnels, um, basic understanding of funnels, if you can go through, uh, you know, for the clinicians from, you know, attraction with ads and the conversion process. If you can talk through that in a summary, I think that would be very helpful, Dr. Ed. Yeah. So, I mean, when I say funnels, it sometimes that throws people off because they're like, I don't, I don't even know what you mean by a funnel. What is that? Um, funnels are essentially this, like we, well, we have certain domains or certain areas that we're looking at in terms of attracting clients, like getting traffic. So it could be SEO. So it's like Google, you want to show up on Google, it could be podcasting. So you want to, you know, think of podcasting or iTunes or Stitcher as a big search engine. Um, could be YouTube, right? Um, what else? I mean, could be your email list. So if we look at the top of like the funnel, we'll call it, there's, those are your, your traffic areas, like your channels, like social media, Facebook, Instagram. And from there, what we want to do is essentially distill people down into the top of our funnel. So the top of our funnel could just be something very simple, like um, what we call like an opt-in. So you, someone would give you their name, their email, provide their name, email, and you give them an exchange. So like a downloadable checklist, like list for a PDF now you've been able to capture or acquire their contact information and start building a relationship with them. So whether it's, that's usually through email. 
-hmm. then you go through a warming process. So like you, again, distill these people down. So it's like, start providing valuable information to them. Could be through other funnels, like auto webinars, um, challenges. Sounds like you just did, did a webinar just before we jumped on. And you're really just, we call it like warming them, but uh, people up, like they're getting to know who you are. And then what we do is we'll make an offer, right? Okay, here's what we actually do and how we can help help you. And that's the, the point of they make the decision. I'm either going to invest, to, you know, dollars and cents to work with you at some level, or I'm not, right? So you're either in or you're out. And basically that's the bottom or they very, you know, you know, I guess you would say the bottom of your funnel. So they make a decision. I'm, I'm a buyer. And then they go down that path where they go, I'm not, not ready. I don't say they don't buy, but they're not ready. And you basically would just cycle them back through again, more information, whenever they're ready, they, they jump in. So no one gets out of your funnel or your system. I call it like your matrix, you know, the matrix, um, unless they hit an unsubscribe button, but that's how, that's how I kind of teach it. I hope that kind of makes sense for docs though. Yeah, that's great. So it's, uh, for most of us, we're looking at ad spend and mm, you mentioned, right. uh, Google, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, but right. We're, we're doing something to grab attention that we have an ad responder. Yep. They're going to a squeeze page, um, or something along those lines where they're providing information. And then ultimately what we're doing is we're building trust over time is what, yep what you seem to be saying, where we're building trust, we're nurturing, we're indoctrinating to the point that they become a paying patient or yep. a subscriber or whatever that may be, or we continue to build relationships long-term. How'd I do? With exactly it. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same as like, even in your practice, right? Like someone might, you know, hear about you and your community you know, from a flyer, they see you on the bus bench, you know, they see you at an event or, you know, you have all of these, these ways that people can hear about you and, and essentially your marketing, maybe they see you on the internet. And what we're doing is just in a virtual capacity, we're putting them into like a funnel, like a virtual funnel or your virtual business and hopefully making, you know, converting them into a paying customer, happy paying customer. So yeah, diff different concept, but, you know, kind of the same thing as brick and mortar. Awesome. Uh, one of the things that I had on here uh, to talk with you about was unrecognized online marketing and educational opportunities for doctors. I know what happens for most of us is we get busy in the clinic yep. and we drop the ball in marketing and then the census goes down. We have less visits, the holes in the schedule. We want to ramp it up again. Now we need to go back out and market and we just grab usually whatever is the easy, <laughs> right? We do whatever is the easiest. So can you talk about, um, high leverage opportunities that we have now as clinicians um, and online and within education as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, so if it's a doc and they're looking at, you know, and I, I totally, by the way, I totally get this list. Like we would have these, we would call it a code red where it's like all of a sudden you, you just didn't have like for the next two weeks, as many new people coming in your practice. And it was like code red, we need to fix this. It was like a roller coaster. So, um, I think the same opportunities that you use to build an online business marketing opportunities are the same opportunities you use to build a brick and mortar. You just need to be everywhere at one time. I just feel like it's, you know, online marketing is way more scalable than, um, 
than, you know, you know, basically, you know, handshaking and handing out business cards and, and things like that. The only thing, what I would say is the secret of it is consistency. Like you have to be seen every day. Like I post something every day on each one of my, the channels, select one or two uh, channels, you know, that you are going to create most of your content and you can distribute content from there. So my channel, like the way that I create content and distribute content is podcasting, just similar to you. So I, I can create a podcast. that's a 30 minute podcast and we could distribute that over multiple different channels. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, if we chose, um, we can run people to webinars from there. So I think that, you know, it's definitely, like you said, unrecognized, um, people don't put as much effort into the organic top of shelf or top of mind marketing that is out there when you're looking at online um, online business. By the way, you mentioned Facebook ads, Instagram ads. I do use those when I'm running someone to say a challenge or to a webinar, but I would not, I mean, most of our clients ideally come from organic marketing. Nice. Yeah. On what, what channels, what media channels are you using there for organic? Well, you have to look at, yeah, you have to look at like, who are, who are your people, right? So um, for me, it was Facebook um, for many, many years. Um, lots of, lots of Facebook. And now it's kind of changed because people are, are kind of turned off by Facebook a little bit now, but they're, we're, we're, uh, very strongly marketing over and on Instagram using Instagram reels, and then also moving into TikTok as well, which I never would have imagined I'd be over there ever. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, it, the other thing that happens that uh, I see a lot at is uh, doctors, clinicians, owners, they'll say, okay, I need a social media presence. And I just, I just want to check the box. Yeah. So like you talked about posting every day, I see a lot of, um, and I remember this back probably in 2012, one social media, I remember talking with Joe Soto about this, um, but uh, having like a generic post talking about arthritis or um, something like that, you know, that is a, a pre-written post. It's not really anything that's unique to me. Um, and many clinicians are okay doing that, just paying for a message in a box post, just so I can say I have a social media presence. Right. How do you, when you talk with a clinician that's thinking along those lines, how do you help them transform and really get that authentic voice? I don't. So number one is I have yet to meet anyone who has used, say, like a branding, a social branding or posting um, service that is successful, like that is that is that has been able to have measurable success from from the that. Um, whereas, like, I just think that, you know, when you're creating authentic, like you said, authentic content, that's, um, you know, that you create, you produce that gives you know, shows more of your personality and who you are as a person. I find that people get a lot more traction. One of the, one of the biggest mistakes people do make as well is they'll look at the content they create and they'll think, well, I didn't get 5 million views and it's okay. <laughs> Cause it's always about, I always think it's always about who's watching, not how many, I mean, you have to think about like, maybe there's five or 10 people, or maybe 300 people that heard your message that day that would not have heard you know, 
would not have learned something from you or had had value from uh, from that content you created. So I think for most docs, what I would suggest is do it do it on your own. It's not difficult. Yes, there's a learning curve. We're all smart people. You could get it done. But when you choose, you know how you're going to create the content, what the content is you cre you're creating it on, and like the channel that you just be consistent. You're like every Monday, I'm going to put something out. But if you choose that, you know, I'm going to post something three times a day, then just be consistent in whichever you choose so that, you know, followers do um, start to understand that, okay, every Monday, something comes out or every Tuesday, right? Or three times a week. It's all about the consistency. That's great. Um, and I can vouch for you um, for the 5 million views. It's, uh, it's overrated. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, some of the best the highest response, most powerful responses that I've gotten are, you know, 20,000 views, something like that. Um, yeah, I've, I've one video over five, five million, but it's, uh, wow. it's, it's, uh, overrated again. <laughs> um, we can talk about that another time, but, um, so yeah, greatest opportunities. What is the, what's the biggest barrier? Um, so I know I need to be online. I know I need to be at it be creating authentic content, uh, serving the community, bringing value to the community that's ultimately going to attract more patients. And um, what, what's the, like the top two or three biggest barriers that you help uh, doctors overcome? Ed? Uh, so number one is it's like, believe it or not, they have the imposter syndrome. So what's, what's that for? Our well, they're, they're just like, you know what, who, like the, like you had mentioned, it's like the, who am I? to to put my voice out there who am i to be an expert what or what am i an expert in right and so i think it's like even though most of us if we had to get up in front of a, a crowd of 20 people we could probably speak really intelligently on any topic that's within our expertise but when it comes to hitting the go live or record we choke so i would say that's that's the number one piece is allowing people or giving people the confidence or doctors, the confidence to actually go live. And that only comes with clarity. So when they come with, when they actually get super, super clear on what their message is, who they're speaking to and what their expertise, like the topic is that the content will actually flow. It becomes comfortable. So that's number one is, is the confidence piece. Number two is, um, you know, helping doctors better understand what it is they want, like they should be creating, like how they should be messaging. Um, how they do it where they're not dancing with vegetables, you know, so that they're getting attention, right? I mean, uh, we have we have docs who are on TikTok that are getting, you know, 400,000 views and, you know, three or 400 comments on their, their TikToks. And from there able to flow people somewhere like an opt-in or into a conversation. Um, and those are all very, um, I guess we, we call it like edutainment. So there's, it's educational. And yet it's a little mini video that also gives them some entertainment at the same time. And those are really effective on Instagram reels, but also on TikTok. So I would say those are the two things. So number one is help them better understand they are, you know, they are an expert and they can give them the confidence. Number two is to actually help guide them with the proper content that gets them what they actually desire. Yeah, great. The, uh, I, I know in talking with a few um, doctors, clinicians, PTs, the thing that I'll usually bring up is how much 
did you pay for your education? <laughs> you know, like you and I were in the nineties. So, you know, maybe we got away with a, a one to $200,000 for education, but today that number's higher. Okay. Yeah. Well, you pay that much, you invested that much. Don't, isn't there some knowledge there that is different than the rest of the population that you can, maybe yeah. you're an expert on shoulder pain or back pain or whatever it may be. Absolutely. Um, that's great. So uh, you talked about the barriers. What are some of the trends? You know, I know you alluded to already, um, uh, essentially going away from uh, Facebook, the uh, moving towards Instagram and also TikTok. What are some of the other trends you see in online marketing right now? Well, yeah, definitely the, inst like I can say, speak for myself and the people that I'm working with is where we're seeing a lot of traction, um, a lot of attention, right? Marketing is really just attention is Instagram, especially when it comes to reels. Um, and then also uh, TikTok. And, it, you know, essentially that's like a reel, like an Instagram reel. It's interesting how like you can create the same content. Like say you create a 30 second video. I call them like mini video that you put on TikTok and put the exact same post on Instagram reels. And you'll actually see a very different response sometimes, but it will be very telling and it will tell you where your people are based on the content you're creating. But I would say those are the trends. Um, I mean, even Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is, has announced that they're going back to video again, right? Like they're, it's all about being able to create, I call these like little mini videos. So 15 seconds, get your message across 30 seconds, maximum three minutes. I think on TikTok is three minutes now. Um, and that's, that's about the amount of time you have to, re if you want to know how to help someone and to get your message across in a really concise way, in a powerful way, be able to do it in 15 seconds. It's, it's a really great exercise. Wow. That is an amazing challenge. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to try that. Um, great. It, anything else uh, regarding mindset um, or any other work that you do? I know you have uh, Men of Iron Brotherhood, if you want to um, talk about what that is and how you got in, in, involved or the origin behind that. I think that would be great. Yeah. So, um, so Men of Iron was really uh, like... It, it was a it was a program that we created, and we actually did create a Women of Iron as well. It was a program that we created actually with with this powerful work that I did with Garrett J. White. If you're familiar with Garrett J. White of Warrior, and um, this oh, I can't even remember how many years ago this would have been, but I went and I actually did their Warrior Week. I did it like three times, which is crazy. I did their Warrior X. They just beat the crap out of me. Um, but it was one of the reasons why I would, I would come back and just feel like I'm invincible, um, bulletproof, and I would just crush it in my business. But, you know, even in my relationships and with my kids and everything, it was just, I was a changed person. So, um, I became a licensee with warrior took about a year. And then, so that was where we created men of iron, which is kind of our version of warrior. And we would have, uh, men come out to Victoria, British Columbia, put them through we would just beat the crap out of them for a day like physically beat them down this is like boot camp it was like, like seal fit yeah yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, we have videos of it it's just crazy and then so we would break them down the first day physically emotionally and then we would build them back up the next day so it was basically like a 36 hour process but it would i mean to this day there are there are people who did the experience that it just it changed their life um, eventually what happened is, you know, I scaled the business to the point where 
I had other coaches running the events. I would just show up or be in the periphery of the events. And then eventually one of the coaches, the, the head coach actually um, invested and purchased the entire company. And they're still running that. Their next event is in Alaska, actually, in fact, in, in June. So they're, they're, it's, it's a powerful program. But again, it's the mindset. But then there's the business aspect to it, too. We're very high-level entrepreneurs or doctors. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the best way for our listeners uh, to learn about the, the challenge in Alaska or um, <laughs> r- really learn more about you? Well, yeah, I mean, you could probably go to social media, so to Facebook specifically, and you could just search out um, Men of Iron and you would find with Dr. Ryan Doyle, he's the, the head coach. And so you could learn more about the, uh, the experience in, in Alaska. Um, in terms of me, I think, you know, the, the chiropractic philanthropist, I w- it's interesting. I was at a seminar on the weekend and uh, people were introducing me around and like, hey, this is Dr. Ed Osmond. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they go, he's the chiropractic philanthropist. And then be like, oh, OK, I know who you are. So that's kind of what I'm known for. We have some really good podcast episodes that I'm proud of. Um, so if you're a Cairo, but I think it's, it's relevant to any healthcare professional, um, you could also even just go to dredosburn.com and that just kind of explains a little bit more about, you know, this, this con- concept of going online or creating something that's bigger than yourself and, and going virtual. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll preface that too, is that, or a cat put a caveat to that. It's not for everyone right? I mean, some doctors need to focus on their practice and helping people inside of their practice, or maybe they have no desire to shift out of practice. But the people that do want to do this, like to, to kind of, I call it have a laptop lifestyle. Um, it's super powerful and freeing for them. It's, it's pretty cool to watch them kind of just fly out of, out of practice when they do this. We'll, we'll put those links in the show notes. Um, and just for if you're listening, and you're driving in the car right now, or you're on a run. Uh, Osborne is uh, O S B U R N, so Doctor Ed E D O S B U R N dot com. Um, and again, we'll put the the chiropractic philanthropist dot com and everything else in the show notes. Um, great, Ed. I need uh, five seconds. I'm going to grab a deck and I have a little challenge for you, and I'll be right back. Sure. And <laughs> and that you're a podcaster as well. A good friend of mine and a guest that was on here, uh, Ben Wapker, told me about these. Um, oh, they're podcast decks. Do you have any of these? No. Oh, I, they're uh, they're amazing. So I'm I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. We'll pull a couple uh, random this questions. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 this has worked very well for us uh, so far. We'll do a little shuffle. Just randomly pick up. If there's a bad question, we can. <laughs> uh did, did your childhood shape you into who you are today yeah i mean i would definitely say that you know my i came from kind of like a family that split up when i was very very young raised by my mom and and you know i would say like my work ethic came came from seeing my mom you know work every day to to you know put food on the table like it was a struggle and um not only did I see that she worked really hard, but I also had to kind of take care of myself. So become self-sufficient at a really early age. And I try to actually instill that on my kids now too. Yeah. It, just from father to father, uh, how many children do you have? Two. Two boys. Okay. And th- what are their ages? Eight and 11. Oh, perfect. That's great. <laughs> uh, I have an eight and 11 year old as well. Awesome. And uh, so can relate. Um, 
what what things do you do with them to try to instill those same values? Um, you know what? It's nothing that's really specific that I like. It, it, what I what I try to show them is they they have this concept which is interesting that that I work a lot, right? It's and that it's almost like a negative concept. It's like daddy's working. So I always want them to understand that I work so that I can provide for them, right? I want them to actually, so the, the, the one thing that I work the hardest on is actually having them have a good concept of like work ethic and that it, work is a positive thing. I, I, I don't know if I'm explaining that properly, but it, it's so interesting. I see with a lot of the gen, this newer, these newer generations where they see work as it's not, not a, like a pot. It's not a positive light. It's, it's crazy to me. I mean, I love work. I love what I do and I work hard so that I can enjoy life. So got it. Great. Um, oh, that's not good. <laughs> Did you have a favorite teacher or a teacher who made a big impact in your life? Um, probably when I was in, in chiropractic college, I definitely did. Um, I had a lot of, a lot of teachers, but there was, um, there was uh, Reggie Gold, who he was one of the, like a superstar, <laughs> like superstar athlete um, of the older generation of chiropractors. And I was really fortunate to actually have Reggie. He, he wrote books and volumes of books. And he, um, he came out and did a adjusting, like a hands-on adjusting seminar for myself and about 20 other students. And I, I get that, that one experience changed how I viewed what I did, like was going to do as a professional and really instilled in me like that importance of being able to actually physically be able to manage a client, right? It had all been academics to that point. So anyone who uses their hands, they can probably appreciate that. I mean, it's a skill, like you have to work at it to get good at, at doing, at least that's how I felt. So that's Reggie true. Gold, he, he, he was the master. Reggie Gold got a shout out, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when you wake up in the morning, what's your number one priority? Oh, uh, you know what? You're going to hate me, hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all right. So I wake up in the morning. Number one thing I do is I, well, there's two things. I, number one is I check my schedule. Number two, I'm just, cause I'm horrible with appointments. Uh, and number, number two is I look at my email. And I know I'm not supposed to do any of those things, oh, but I, I do that. That's my first thing in the morning. Yeah. Oh, that is rough, Ed. <laughs> All right. Well, that, uh, this has been great. Um, I, I did want to ask, I, I had one more thing written down, which is, um, you know, ultimately you and I are both in conservative care. I know mm -hmm. you talk a lot about um, the, essentially the health of healthcare. Uh, the health of medicine and, you know, you're fighting a good fight, helping a lot of chiropractors really elevate their game and have a more uh, meaningful impact in the world. Um, on one of the, the podcast episodes that you sent over that I was listening to, you were talking about um, how we have a lot of infighting within conservative care, uh, where we're essentially, it's really easy to fight the civil war, PTs against PTs, chiropractors against chiropractors, yeah. etc. Um, can you talk about how you think about um, healthcare on a, a global level and ultimately what we need to do to win and strategize um, long-term to right the ship here? 
Yeah, this is, I mean, this, we could probably have a whole podcast conversation just on this alone. And, and, you know, we, we kind of discussed this even before we started recording is the dichotomy in the profession. And I think they're, I, I think we're unique as chiropractors, but maybe PT as well. Um, you know, I can't see dentists having a dichotomy or there's like, you know, there's dentists who are all about natural health. And then there's dentists who are more, you know, allopathic. I can't see that. So chiropractors, yeah, there's very philosophically based chiropractors. They're very into the art of the adjustment, you know, subluxation, they call it, right? And the science of subluxation. And then we have more integrative, which is like doctors who use a lot of, you know, more innovative technology and ways to help docs or uh, patients. And so we can tend to have like this dichotomy, you know, this infighting in the profession, which is kind of amazing. Um, to me, but I've always had, so to answer your question, I've always had, had, or felt like I want to be like Switzerland. I I'm accepting of everyone because I know that I can learn something from every conversation I have with every doctor. They all have something really interesting for me to, you know, think about or walk away with a new concept. And we don't always have to agree. And then, you know, to further that question or the, your question, I would say, you know, there's, there's far too many conversations I have with doctors who go, what's in it for me? Like, why should I, why should I post something on TikTok? Why should I do an Instagram? Like I got a great business or practice. Like I don't need to do that stuff. Or if I'm not doing it, where's my monetary ROI, you know? And I think, you know, I had this discussion with a, uh, a doc on the weekend. I'm like, I think we all need to start looking at at what we create and who we, who listens and how we educate people in the world, right. With podcasts and Instagram and social media challenge channels and YouTube and stop thinking about what we're going to get back in return. Um, and just know that there's this universal law that if you contribute, that capital will flow eventually flow back to you. Um, and I think that's always the concept that, you know, I've always come from is just put your, you know, be okay with the fact that you could do a podcast or you could do an interview or you could do a TikTok and that person listens. It changes their concept of how they think, or maybe their health and they go to another PT in their town and it changes their life, right. Or their family's life, which could change their community even. And I think we have to start thinking from that perspective versus like, what's in it for me. It's a long answer, but that's, that's my answer. I, I love that. And that resonates. One of my favorite recordings ever is uh, Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret in the late, the late 50s. Um, and you're a fan? I, I, I think I've, someone sent it to me. I don't know if I've ever listened to it, though. Oh, it's, I, I'll, I'll find it and get it to you. Yeah. Um, the, in that, he talks about, and, and remember, this is the late 50s, uh, that 95% of the population will walk up to a wood stove and say, give me heat, and then I'll put in the wood. And that's the, the whole what's in it for me. And he said, you know, 5% of the population will, will think about how they can get wood into the stove first. And, and, you know, it was basically this representation, this really nice analogy and story for uh, how a lot of us think, think uh, in terms of what's in it for me first. But um, yeah. lo love what you share there, Ed. Um, again, for those of you that are uh, looking to get in touch with Ed, um, or uh, listen to his podcast, etc. We will have all of that in the show notes for you. Um, Ed, thank you so much for, for being on here and uh, sharing your wisdom. This was great. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks.
Remember to visit GetBreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.